Good evening and welcome to the AIS Training Hall. It's the final week of the WNBL season and the AIS are at home against the Perth Lynx. And, uh, well, a bit of pride for both teams playing here tonight, Simon. Yeah, it's definitely. Be, uh, it's a, it's a good fight. It's going to be one of those games. It could go either way. The, I think the, um, the Institute home crowd smells a possible victory. We've got a, a big uh, contingent of... Uh, what look to be most of the boys program over there they're all dressed up and with the horns ready to roll but yeah it's a um, it's been an exciting back half of the season for the Institute because we've seen essentially a, a brand new team hit the floor over the last sort of five or six weeks and uh, it's really good to see a team that's going to I think next season are going to be very very competitive I don't think they'll be the, the easy beats that they've been over the last couple of seasons no, but indeed. I mean, I was looking at the uh, season stats earlier uh, during the week and I thought, well, what's the point of looking at the AIS stats? First half of the season and the second half of the season have been completely different teams, uh, so don't even bother. So I chucked it aside and said, look, we'll just get, get on with it. One of the other reasons, a uh, little bit of significance here tonight, a couple of the girls will be playing their last games for the AIS in the WNBL. Obviously, they'll have some careers after this in the WNBL with some other teams. Definitely, yeah. Gillian Horton and Tess Madgen will be finishing out their Institute careers. Tess Madgen, we've, we've talked about it being a bit of a lean period for the Institute, but she has certainly been a shining light through that period. She is going to be a, uh, a very dominant player in the future. She's really sort of just one of those players. She's just got that that ability to just take it on at, at every level and she just puts in really, really hard each game, you know, no matter whether they're down by five points, down by 40, she's still working really, really hard and um, that's the sort of thing you can never, you can't really train players to be like that. It's just, it's an attitude that she's got and that's, that's going to take her a long way in women's basketball and um, Jill Horton is also, you know, she's solid with the ball, she's going to be a great pick up for any club next season it'll be uh, as usual the end of this end of this AIS kind of careers it's always interesting to see where they end up and, and how they progress indeed so we'll see those two uh, obviously playing big parts here tonight as they take on the Perth Lynx in town for the second week after playing the Capitals last week uh, a couple of long road trips for them but yeah. um, they'll be looking to finish their season off they've got another game against Sydney tomorrow but yeah they'll be looking to finish off strong here tonight yes I think all in all it's been a, a little bit of a disappointing season for them, they had a lot of promise with some, uh, with a couple of imports coming in and uh, they've had coaching dramas which seem to have been the, the norm across a lot of teams this season um, but uh, you know they've finished up with only two wins for the entire season so they'll be looking to pick up another one tonight, the AIS will be as equally keen to pick up their first win of the season on their last game of the season and their offense has uh, improved out of sight, the AIS, and this is against the team. Perth have not been great defensively on the stats, so uh, you know the AIS are improving this combination of getting together. That so they could really take it on and win it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got uh, a whole bunch of the new new players that have come into the institute that are averaging, you know, around the ten point a game mark. Of course, probably the the two exciting prospects that have come through. Uh, in this new batch have been um, uh, Gretel Tippett she's been just phenomenal right out of the block she's an extremely athletic player um, really good to see uh, that sort of athleticism she's blown Craig and I out of the water a couple of 
couple of games here she's just done some amazing stuff so we'll be looking forward to, to bigger and better things from her but um, Tessa Levy has been good but not so much in the scoring role but uh, in that in that point guard rotation so it's it's just an exciting group I think you know that they get their off season they go to Worlds this year and uh, Junior Worlds but um, oh no well, that was last year anyway they always have a lot, a lot going on over the off season of the Institute and they always come out in the new season stronger so it'll be exciting to see how they pull up for the last game of the season indeed let's catch up with the coaches uh, Craig caught up with Vlad Lava first and then uh, with the coach Phil Brown well Vlad Levy uh, after uh, a tough game last week you'll be looking for the win tonight yeah mate we are looking for the win tonight but you know you take nothing for granted so there's a process to follow in winning um, and I believe that we've done that during the week inclusive of today so hopefully the result is a good one for us how has the week been? It's a lot of travelling for your girls to uh, play in a predominantly East Coast league. Yeah, look, um, it, it was a tough two weeks to end the season. Um, probably collectively we've only had about three hours worth of training. Uh, and even then, you obviously can't flog them because our last training is on a Wednesday and we fly out on a Thursday. And like you said, the fact is with travel and all, um, we need to make those adjustments in our, in our intensity, if you like. This week, when you look at AIS tonight, Sydney tomorrow night and uh, that Sydney game still has a great deal of importance for them on the championship finals and uh, obviously you can upset your old mate there in Dolph. Yeah look uh, there's no other way to say it really than we're going to go after her team, she knows that, you know, we've been talking during the week uh, and obviously she's, she's going to go after us so before it goes well, um, bullying will take care of Canberra so when we take care of Sydney, wink wink um, they'll still be in second place they won't. They haven't got the split on Canberra. No. So they. So you, you've uh, in a yeah an interesting position. Well, that's that was, that's not how we'd be talking about it during the week. I thought that if uh, bullying to carry business, they'd be fine after they lost to us. Um, hey, look, it's another game, isn't it? Uh, they're a very very strong team, and and I'm sure that they'd be very disappointed that they dropped against us. But you know, if I talk about my my Perth Knicks team here. We're going to go after him, but that's the, only know, that's the only way we know how to play. Well, going up against the students, once again, you're just a little bit down on height, this young student team. They might be lacking experience, but they've got height. They do have height, and uh, like any team, every other year, regardless if they win or not, they've got enthusiasm. So we're going to have to match that, and uh, hopefully the older heads, because my team's not that old either, uh, the older heads in the Perth Lynx will, uh, will see us to the end with a win. How have you looked at this season so far? Taking over partway through, have you been able to get everything in place for what you want to build on in the years to come? Oh, look, I have, uh, but in saying that, not, nothing's been confirmed with the position. Uh, I take a lot of uh, a lot of satisfaction with the coaches around the league who have said who have said to me that the team is much improved uh, in the way we play and in, in, in our general manner on the court. Um, and you know that's, that's my peers my professional peers with a professional opinion so that's very encouraging How have you enjoyed taking that head chair? Yeah it's been good it's been good um, like you said taking over and leading the way from the front it's a bit different to what I've been used to uh, the challenging part is we are now on the other side of the ladder um, but you know you coach to try and achieve some goals and with my you know, with, with the Perth Lynx team here it's just readjusting those goals so yeah no it has been good enjoyed it well, we wish you all the best tonight and uh, look forward to having a chat with you after the game. We'll do, mate. We'll do. Well, Coach Brown, the first game back 
in the AIS program for, well, sorry, the first season back in the AIS program for you. How are you looking at this game in particular for these girls? Well, you know, I think the last couple of games have been really promising for us. Um, you know, I think we've settled into a, uh, I suppose, a routine with a new group of players and, and they've sort of shown uh, in a very short period of time, seven weeks, that they're becoming more and more competitive by each game. So uh, it's a little disappointing this is the final game of the season because, uh, you know, it would be nice to have another 10 or 15. But, um, you know, we, we were pleased with how we went last week against Logan and took them to 13 and... Um, just hit the one bad quarter of the third and similarly against Bendigo the week before we took them to 20 but it was uh, it was 13 at quarter time so we you know we were pretty competitive for the rest of the season uh, there so you know hopefully we can build on those two really positive performances and uh, make the most of the last game of the season last game of the season for the girls but last game in an AS uh, singlet for Jill Horton and also for um, Tess Magan yeah. so uh, that's uh, going to be a fairly emotional game for them too yeah I think so you know um, both have been great leaders for us and uh, you know, particularly Tess who's been here two years and has been the, the lone senior to um, stay on with us and has been just incredible for us and in, on and off the court and she's really benefited as a, as a player and as an individual herself with the opportunities to be a leader and, and really blossom as a young player and uh, you know it'd be great to get a win for her so uh, we'll do be doing our best. Has it got any easier this AIS gig since you've been away for four years? <laughs> uh, well, you know, we have our moments yeah, where you think, what am I doing? But uh, uh, look, I'm enjoying the challenge. It's been a really challenging, uh, you know, and tough seven months in terms of just putting some things in place here and it's been recruiting and getting my staff in place. But I'm really pleased with how all well that's gone. We've got a great uh, group of young women here that are really talented and um, and really got a lot of upside and I've got a great staff around me including the, the AIS service providers and I think you know basketball in Australia, women's basketball is really going to benefit in the years to come. Well we're looking forward to a very competitive game tonight. All the best. Okay, thank you. Yes, Phil Brown there talking about this game. The teams are coming out to centre court. The AIS will be starting line up Tess Levy in the backcourt with Tess Magan. Sarah Blitzow's Nadine Payne Gretel Tippett up front will provide the front court action Melissa Marsh the one of the starters for the Perth Lynx Kate Malpas uh, Daniel Campbell Rebecca Mercer and number 21 Samantha Norwood are the starting lineup so the Perth Lynx as the teams are at centre court we're ready to start the game as soon as that uh, scoreboard no referees are happy scoreboard's ready let's get into it up they go Tippett tips it off to the left and the cap and the AIS will get first use of it is it's uh, Levy in the backcourt off to Tippett drives at the basket and gets the AIS off to a great start nice basket yeah that's what we've seen from Gretel Tippett since she's come here to the institute just that explosive athleticism Ooh. Perth go inside Campbell with the basket fouled neck to shooting will go to the line first basket for Campbell she's the uh, import that's still with the program and a chance to put the Perth Lynx up by one here first few seconds good starts from both sides offensively yep Sarah Blackout's just a bit uh, bit late across there Campbell makes a three pointer 
two-point play for her, so full court pressure straight on from Perth as they start as Lady gets to bring it down the left wing, takes it in under and the Fletcher's back outside to Payne and takes it at the basket, can't get it to drop and Perth get a defensive rebound and will bring it back into the front court, Mercer off towards Marsh on the left it was too low, she couldn't control and lost it out of bounds, turnover against Perth in the, in the RAS We'll bring it back down, Levy down the right wing, Malpass puts a stop to that, goes to the left side, Madigan inside to uh, Payne who tries a speculated pass, it was uh, <laughs> a little bit hard for Levy to try and drag that Almost in. took a head off. <laughs> right well, idea though, the Institute looking to attack on every opportunity. Campbell the pass inside to Mercer, turnaround jumper, will drop. 5-2 in favour of Perth as Levy will bring it back for the Institute down the left side Matkin looking for someone to pass it to has Tippett in front of it gets it around the corner to Tippett takes it inside Tippett second basket and she just getting right around Norwood who couldn't defend her in the low post Perth now moving the ball around almost a turnover kept alive by Mercer and move it across court. Three from Norwood from the right. Norwood have uh, taken it down three times, three or four times, and come up with three baskets out of four trips down the court. So it's a very good start from Perth offensively, leading 8 4. AIS then with the ball from the left wing as it's lost out of bounds. Madgen inbounds to Levy. Dribbles off to the right where Madgen runs to take the pass. Norwood watching her back to Levy Payne inside the tippet takes on Norwood basket won't go, gets her own rebound, sticks it back up Gretel Tippett's got 6 points very very early and looking very very good yeah she's got an amazing leap just made sure she got that offensive rebound got it all set and just forced it back up she's very athletic her turn it over as the pass inside to Campbell was too high for her she lost it behind herself out of bounds AIS get it in the backcourt Levy again will bring it into the front court. sits up down the left comes off the blitz abs pass to Madgen and Marsh on the reach in will be called for the foul of the institute ball from the right wing first foul on Marsh first foul against Perth pass into Payne, low post takes it straight underneath the basket out to Blitzavs on the left wing she drives underneath oh. the basket heaves one up, gets her own rebound and then oh, puts nice. it in she get the assist off that one, I don't know <laughs> yeah, just great tenacity under the basket from the Institute so far they, they're getting in there, they're getting bo boxed out well and defended well but they're just finding a way they're using their height and athleticism to just get up there Mercer had the ball out on the right. The reaching from Blitzavs has been called a foul. A couple of changes. Jill Norton, Jillian Norton is in, and uh, Taylor Roberts is also in for the Toot Malpass. The pass to Marsh coming around the screen can't get it. Campbell with the offensive board. They take it back outside and will set up another play. Malpass, right side to Mercer. Malpass goes in the low post. Mercer goes to the high post from the elbow hits one from outside and yeah they're going to have to depend some of those outside shots right now because they are shooting very good in Mercer's first basket 
Back at the other institute, can't get a basket. Marsh, quick outlet pass. Malpass coming in on the uh, fast break, gets an easy layup. Yeah, Marsh to Malpass, we've seen that a lot this season for Perth. Yeah, 12-8 is the passing side from Tippett towards uh, Roberts. Roberts has been fouled and I don't think it would be a shooting foul. It'd be Institute ball underneath their offensive basket. Ladies out. Horton is in. And oh, just coming in is Rebecca Cole for her first taste of the action. Horton the inbound pass to managing a cross court. Horton three from the left. Wings all the net. And her first basket of the night. And it's a one point game. 12 11 in favour of Perth. Norwood, the pass oh, inside, knocked away, stolen by Tippett. Outlet pass from Cole to Madgen, driving in at the basket. Mercy oh. got there in time, forces a miss on the shot, but Horton with the offensive board, and they'll set up again. Cole three from the right. It won't go, but Tippett gets the offensive board. Along the baseline, pass off to Roberts. It won't go, but Tippett keeps it alive. Third opportunity. Fourth opportunity, probably, on this play. <laughs> They're showing some real tenacity inside. Taylor takes it inside. Left-handed hook shot won't go. Campbell this time with a defensive rebound. And they get to bring it back into the front court. Marsh on the right wing. Looking to go inside. Back to Norwood. Off to Mercer on the left. Campbell low post against Tippett. Backing in. Turn around left. And Tippett blocks the shot. But a little bit of contact down low. <laughs> That was a good block and the crowd don't like it. <laughs> there was a bit of contact down there. Yeah. Not a lot though. She, she no. elevated it. She, you know, the intention was there to, to block cleanly. She just drew a little bit of contact. But you look at that Tippett, Payne and Roberts who, who are just so dominant under the boards already. They're all just turned 17. I think Tippett turned 17 in the middle of the year. Taylor Roberts only turned 17. In fact, she hasn't turned 17 yet. On mm. Tuesday, she'll turn 17. So it's just really exciting to see this group out on the floor just doing so well in, in those tough physical contests. Campbell at the lines missed the first and the second, but uh, Malpass got the offensive board and they'll get another opportunity to set up a play. She took it out to the top of the key. Mercer comes out and gets it. Into Marsh, cutting across the key, out to Malpass. Two-point shot, won't go for, and it was Payne with a defensive rebound who dribbles it straight into the front court. Gets it round the corner to Horton, and Horton will set up from the top of the key. Payne puts it on the floor and takes off to drive at the basket. Takes a knock and goes to the ground. Norwood will be called for the foul. Thirteen foul. And it will be ball from the right side. Thompson is in as well for the Institute right now. She will do the inbound pass with Payne, Cole, Horton and Roberts. Looking for Cole. Gets it down to Payne. Low post underneath. Along the baseline she go, looks to go. Oh, good job. Fouled by Norwood and... Uh, <laughs> Well, it was on the second and third opportunity she was taking her out of. Norwood was doing all she could. And that's her second. So she'll sit down, Carly Boyanich will come in for Perth. And that's the fourth team foul against Perth. 
that puts Nadine Payne at the line for the Institute for a couple of free throws. First one runs around the room and drops out. On two of those girls, they're all 16, all three of them. <laughs> Pretty exciting stuff. And then you got Olivia Thompson out there who's, who's shown a little form 16 as well. So. Um, we've had a line violation against the Institute. The shot missed anyway, so it'll be Perth. Perth ball. As Kali Mitjevic is in as well for the Institute. A couple of changes. Marshall inbound the ball then in the backcourt. Gets it into Malpass. They put some defensive pressure on and harass Marsh as she brings it across down the left wing. Marsh gets the ball back, dribbles towards the right, comes back to the left, and finding it hard to find a hole, finds Malpass, right wing. Wienich takes a tumble inside, and the Can't foul is on Mitchevic's first foul. Fourth team foul, so both teams now with 4.37 to go here in the first quarter are in... The, will be in the penalty on the next foul. Foul pass gets it off the inbound. Baseline jumper blocked along there. It uh, could have been Thompson, I think, coming back in the uh, Institute will bring it back into the front court. Horton the pass inside, hands in there, knock it loose. Now pass will pick it up and go back for Perth to the other end. Once away from Cole. Marsh on the right wing. Marsh back to Campbell. Left side is number 20 has come in for them. Brittany Morgan. Now pass looking to fight inside. Pass oh. down there. Thompson steps in, steals it away from the Institute at half court. Lays it off to Cole. Forces off a shot that's going to be fouled. She'll be fouled in the act of shooting. Go to the line. It's the 15 foul anyway. And, and Rebecca Cole. Now passes down on the floor. There was a, there was a couple Thompson. of players with yeah. flying and tumbling. Thompson did a brilliant off. job. Got that. That's a second steal in about a minute and a half. Um, got in there, just put the hand in there and brought it up court and she was literally launched upon by three <laughs> first defenders. She managed to get the ball out in front but uh, there was a, a big collision and four or five bodies going over there and uh, Kate Malpass came up very tender. As as well we, we saw um, Taylor Roberts come off I'm oh, no, sorry, Nadine Payne come off earlier. She has been walking around in quite a bit of discomfort with her knee yeah, she, she went down uh, out of the yeah. she's icing and stuff so that's not a good sign but um, just pleading with the doctors over here I'm right to go back on I'm right oh, to I'm go ready to they go. asked them to do the walk and <laughs> it didn't look great so Craig's we'll, uh, been listening in to Perth guys Vlad was saying AIS getting too many easy moves into the post on them they've got to be more mobile Coach Brown first thing he said good job girls keep up this intensity Indeed, yeah. intensity has been very good. Yeah, it's really turned into a grind this last two or three minutes. But both teams are sort of scoring freely and got it up fairly quickly from 12 to 11. But um, uh, the pass was on the ground, just getting a look at the hip. They might call Dr. Fallon over, I'm not sure yet. Um, he's certainly working on the Dean Payne's ankle yeah. right at the moment. She's got the shoe off and he's having a good look. So it's the yeah. ankle there. I wasn't sure if it was ankle or knee with Dean Payne, but... Uh, hmm. Neither looking good anyway. <laughs> Cole at the line misses the first. And uh, Sheridan Flood is replacing Malpass. Second won't go. 
Lane violation, so... Well, and it must have been against Perth. Madeline Garrick will have another go. Sorry, Rebecca Cole. Rebecca Cole, well, she misses the second one as well. <laughs> Free throws not good so far. I don't think anyone's hit one. But certainly for the two. So, Flood then goes to work at the other end. The pass into was Marsh. Stolen by Horton. She's away on her own. Drives in at the basket. Oh, layup won't go. Took a bit of a hit about the head. But Cole was there to get the rebound. Off to Roberts. Roberts' shot won't go. And Flood ends up with the defensive rebound. Oh. Then throws it towards Marsh. You can't control it. Loses it out of bounds. And the Institute will have it in the front court. Perhaps a little bit of justice because uh, I thought Horton got fouled next to shooting. Yeah, she's, I don't think Jimmy Hill missed the ring on a layup like that. <laughs> Without oh. some kind of interference. Oh, the pass. The Roberts for the outside jumper. And the Institute are back in front 13 to 12. Marsh brings it back into the front court for Perth. That's the first basket in quite a while. Yeah. Intensity stepped up defensively, I guess. Boyanich inside immediately. Perth score one straight back. Cole then will bring it down into the front court for the shoot. Left side is Mijovic. Three. Oh, wow. Yes. Three pointer. with a big three pointer there. And the first points for her for the night. So 16 14. We've got 250 to quarter time. Flood off the marsh. Puts it on the floor. Driving in the lane. Out to. Boyanich for three from the right and Charlie Boyanich, well that, that's a, not somewhere I expected her to be shooting threes from and Perth are back in front 17 to 16 Cole back in the front court driving inside the pass to Horton along the baseline Campbell the block but Horton gets it back Oh. Thompson's shot won't go Roberts looking to take it up against two tall girls <laughs> and great work from Taylor Roberts she was surrounded by Boyanich and Campbell and managed to get it up between them that's the thing that she's 16 she plays with the poise of a veteran it's amazing Marsh has it almost stolen away she does and Roberts picks it up it was Horton in there Thompson in the front court, driving baseline, a floating lap, then it goes, Institute 20, Perth 17, minute 50, quarter time. <laughs> They're going to get this crowd quite excited if they keep playing like this. Oh, bad wow, pass from Marsh towards... We've seen um, two or three of those this quarter, just, just really bad miscommunications from Perth where they just th literally thrown the ball out of bounds, like someone will get a hand on it maybe, but... Just nowhere near the intended receiver. Both sides have made quite a few changes. Uh, we'll catch up with them shortly. Uh, well, Boynich thought she was gone and she's suddenly had to walk back out. So they're five on five. <laughs> Tippett then in the backcourt inbounds it to Levy to bring down. Thompson's there with Roberts still. Levy then top of the key finds Thompson who came back out to help. To Roberts, high post, takes the low post and then gets forced into a travel as she ran into a couple of defenders. Well, they've, they're putting the clamps on her big time. She's, she's shown how tough she can be in the basket there. They're not letting her get anywhere near that low post. Malpass brings it down the left, so she's recovered. Pass off to Mercer, driving in at the basket. Fouled now to shooting. 15 foul against the Institute. And... 
the foul called on Thompson, her first. Tell you what, guys, Flood just absolutely made a statement about being in the WNBL last week, and she's doing it again. Last week she was taking on Lauren Jackson. This week she's taking on anyone in a blue jumper in front of her. <laughs> At the free throw line, Mercer for free throws. This is the first. 20-17, to 17, Institute leading. And she makes the second. So, Institute in the backcourt, Tippett, and Madkin and Levy get it across centre court. Levy sets it up. Right side to Madkin, into Roberts, low post, backing in this Boyanich, looking for someone to pass it to. Back to Levy. Pull away jumper, won't go for it. Flood has it knocked away, but manages to keep it. The Seacamp put the pressure on. Seacamp has just come into the game for the Institute, her first taste. Mail pass then, setting up the place. Boyanich on the left. Lob across into the corner, Malpass, quick ball pass inside, stolen away by Tippett who comes up with it for the Institute. Quickly off the mansion, quickly into the front court. Roberts under the basket but it was just too high for her and oh, blew the opportunity. 31 seconds then till half, till quarter time. And I don't think we're going to see Nadine Payne for a little while. She's got a big lump of ice on her left ankle. So yeah, she's got it strapped and iced up pretty heavily over there. Yep. Pass inside from Malpass to Boyanich and Boyanich has come up with that seven points here late in the quarter to keep to tie this one up at twenty. One last opportunity, six seconds to go. Madkin driving into the basket, won't go for a Boyanich grabs the defensive rebound, just holds onto it and says, We're not going anywhere. <laughs> there was no canvas to even heave at the end length of the court. So we're tied up at quarter time, 20 all. And uh, that's a fair indication. It's a, a great game. Yeah. It's exciting. There's uh, lots of action both ends. Yeah, it's going to be tight. It's going to be um, the way the first quarter's going. It's looking like it'll be a real battle of attrition. It'll be whichever team can can keep uh, keep the pressure up for the longest amount of time. And but a real arm wrestle that entire quarter. I mean. We, we talked about it being a little more free-flowing in the, in the first couple of minutes and I guess both teams feeling each other out and getting a sense for how they're going to play and, and then from about the six-minute mark to go it was just locked down in an arm wrestle there for about three minutes. I think we were on 12 to 11 for about three minutes and no yeah. one scoring and then uh, a little bit of a flurry at the end but um, yeah, this is going to be an exciting game. It's definitely on. Well, we've seen some very exciting young talent here with the Institute, of course, and uh, as you mentioned, young, very, very young yeah. talent, but uh, good start from Tippett. She had the first six points. She's the leading scorer. Taylor Robertson, four, second leading scorer for the Institute, while uh, Carly Boynich, is seven, is the leading scorer for Perth right now. Craig's been listening in. Coach Brown, happy with the performance in that first quarter, as you would expect wants the girls to really look after that ball and keep down in defence. The few times they've been going up early and that's given their offensive uh, or their, their opponent the chance to take an offensive run at them. Uh, for Vlad, he's looking for that Perth Lynx team to really concentrate on the post and make sure they box out well, not that the AS get an inside-outside game going because they're showing that they've got the ammo. Yep, they certainly do have the ammo. 
Just looking at the stats quickly here, Mark. AIS had eight offensive rebounds in that Wow. Game. Eight offensive for a game is great. That, that's probably their season game average. Yeah, absolutely. To get to get eight in, in one quarter is fantastic. Uh, even though the score is 20 all, we've got a, a discrepancy in the shooting percentage. Perth is shooting at 73. They only put up 11 shots to the AIS is 23. A lot of that was offensive rebounding. I think that's where those eight offensive rebounds go. That, that certainly helps you get second <laughs> opportunities. Flood at the passing side. A hand in there from uh, Levy, I think. Lost it out of bounds as Perth had first use of it. And they'll manage to retrieve it just because Tess Levy managed to get a hand in there and because uh, it was running out of bounds. Inbound pass to Campbell. Back to Malpass. Baseline jumper. A little bit short. Roberts. The defensive rebound quickly off to Levy, quickly into the front court. They'll set up a play now. Well, start, same way they started the first quarter. Give it to Tippett. She drives the basket layup. Crazy. And she, Tippett's been doing it all year, hasn't she, son? But uh, bad news for Nadine Paint. The foot is up. It's taped up with an ice pack on it. That's her for the game. Yeah. Yep. Quick pass inside underneath... Uh, Mercer, she couldn't get the basket and now Megan's driving back at the other end lays it oh, up over the top of Campbell couldn't defend that one well, and yes, bad news about Nadine Payne but uh, good news, it seems up without her which is a great sign Tess Megan and also Gillian Horton they're having uh, big, big games you know, a special one for them the way they've been playing on the floor definitely Shot won't go again. They got a second opportunity for Perth. It was Malpass inside. Back outside. Mercer three oh. from the right. And it's 24-23 in favour of the Institute. Yeah, Mercer had 17 for them last week against Bendigo, so she can light it up pretty quickly. So Tippett gets it top of the key. She'll shoot over the top of a lob. Roberts can't get to the ball. Knocks it out of bounds. Perth will have it in the backcourt. And we get substitutions from both sides. Melissa Marsh back in, flutters out. Seacamp and Taylor Roberts sitting down for the Institute. Samantha Norwood back in for Perth as well, who's got those two fouls as Marsh then brings it into the front court. Campbell, high post, goes inside straight away to Malpass, turn around, jumper won't go. Norwood, the offensive board, back outside for Mercer. Number three, in and out. Campbell, third opportunity. Turn around, jump shot won't go. And it's um, Alex Sheedy for her first taste. who got the ball on the defensive rebound now. Tip it, baseline jumper, too long. (laughs) Too long. And Perth are quickly back up the other end. The pass inside from Mercer into Marsh. Won't drop for her. Norwood, turnaround jumper. She gets the second opportunity and it's 25-24. Perth back in front. A couple of minutes into the second quarter. Maybe then. Top of the key. Looking to set up a play. Goes to the left around the screen from Sheedy. Cuts away to the low, low post. Tip it top of the key. Blickhabs inside, back out to a oh. three-pointer from Madgen. I thought that was gone way, way long. It somehow came back off the glass and then it went. Big bang. She didn't call bang. That's why it looked like it was going out. Was there something up there that somebody tipped it in or something? Gretel Tippett picks up her second. She's going to take a breather and Nadine Payne comes back on. Sorry, Taylor Roberts, Taylor Roberts. comes back on yeah. there. She's the uh, second Institute player with two fouls. 
Perth then with the ball from the left wing into Malpass. Malpass comes, goes right, then comes back left, floating lap from along the baseline. Oh. Won't go. Roberts, defensive rebound, gives it to Levy to bring into the front court. Centre court, she runs into Malpass, who puts the clamps on her. Off to Sheedy. Sheedy back to Levy, left wing. Looking to take on Malpass. The pass inside from oh. Roberts. Hook turn around, hook shot won't go. Mercer, defensive rebound. Quickly off to Malpass. Right down court to Norwood. Norwood driving inside. Bumps away Taylor Robertson then lays one in. Norwood lucky not to get the offensive foul. She really dropped the shoulder and extended that arm bar on that drive. And yeah, well she moved Taylor Roberts out of the Absolutely. way. Absolutely, that's no small feat. Madkin driving along the baseline oh. goes around a couple of players weaves and this is going to be Campbell I think I know the AAS isn't uh, Canberra strictly but they're definitely uh, proud Canberrans whilst they're at the shoot and tonight we're seeing a game of rugby at the training hall I thought it was the force versus the, the Brumbies just at a different location but yeah, it's, it's been physical, physical. Well, Brumbies are going to win that one too <laughs> Tess Baggin goes to the line for a couple of free throws fouled by Campbell and that's the second on Campbell we've actually got um, 42 up on the scoreboard twice her points are uh, being allocated to one number and her fouls to the other number on the board oh yeah (laughs) but there's two number 42s up on the board so we'll have to keep our eyes open on that one (laughs) Keep track of her score. Uh, Mercer pass around to Norwood inside for the easy basket. Norwood just got away from uh, whoever was defending her and uh, comes up with an easy layup. She's a foul next to shooting. Will go to the line. Yeah, Norwood's pr- proving a handful there. It was uh, Tess Madgan on this occasion her second? Yeah. No, first. Sorry. Timeout call here. 6:07. We've gone almost four minutes here in the. Uh, Second quarter. Perth Guys, I can tell you one. Campbell that's got the three points. Um, so I'm not sure who's got the two fouls. It's her as well. They just accidentally got her up there twice on the board. And <laughs> just to keep yeah. us on our toes. But uh, no, the arm wrestle continues. It's, it's, uh, as Craig mentioned, it's starting to get pretty physical. We saw a couple of trips ago, uh, Kate Malpass not happy with the referees thinking that... Um, that Taylor Roberts was coming over the back and, and being a bit physical there and she's taken it on herself to express herself a little more physically in the last couple of trips down the court too so uh, just hope the referees can uh, keep a grip on it and not let things get out of control well that's not a good sight the crutches are out for Nadine Payne oh man <laughs> yeah, there's nothing more than just a strain got to say though Mark if you, if you were going to have an injury that's going to put you out for a month or two Here's Craig's been Please listening. Craig getting fitted up for a walking stick as I walk past. But uh, Coach Brown says he wants that inside game in offense to just start. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. Be conscious of it. The lad Alley, he wants a lady. Sorry, he wants the Perth Lynch to start cutting more baseline and looking to loop it back in where they can try to get it to Campbell where they have got some hope. Well, that's right. That's exactly what uh, Norwood's been doing so well for them. Samantha Norwood's just been able to sneak in that backdoor cut and uh, get in there amongst it. And, um, she, you know, she's up to seven points now. Yep, Norwood makes Ooh. the 
three-point play, and then there's Institute throw it away in the backcourt. Alex Sheedy unable to pull it in. So a Mercer then to Campbell, left side to Marsh. Marsh, a pass inside to Mercer, cutting at the basket, lays it in. Mercer with uh, eight points. As Cole drives back in, just heaves one off to the left. Boynich, they go back inside. Roberts, Roberts with an easy layup. He cuts the lead back to two, 32-30 in favour of Perth right now. Five and a half to half time. Norwood gets it in low post. Drives under the basket, back out to Campbell. Left that one left-sided, but now pass with the offensive board. Sticks one back up, but won't go for her. Sheedy with the defensive rebound off to Madgen, who drives back down court. Takes it inside, gets away from Norwood and lays it in. Yeah, she's just going, you know, it's her last game. She wants it to be something special, so she's going great guns. Coach Brown's asking the girls, because it's getting so physical, start watching for the screens, start making screens so you can use them and get the defender away from you. Definitely. Norwood going into the low post, left-handed hook shot is good. Good job on Sheedy's a bit short to defender, I think. Cole then brings it back to the Institute as Perth go back up by two. Bleacher straight inside to Roberts turn around from her banks it in off the glass and that's just pure power over the taller Campbell Roberts is owning Campbell in that contest Campbell's pushing hard she's trying to get as physical as she can and Taylor Roberts just backs her down each time Norwood driving in along the baseline defender will be called for a foul yeah it's of course a concern there for Coach Brown Norwood is still moving in there fairly freely she's getting into position they've really got to put a body on her, do what they've been trying to do to Taylor Roberts and just not let her get into the key, really just keep her at bay as much as they can So Norwood will go to the line they said me active shooting so she'll have two that's a 13 foul against the Institute Yep. Horton, Rebecca Cole uh, Olivia Thompson, Greta Tippett and Taylor Roberts are all out there now for the Institute for three subs Norwood made the first, misses the second Tippett grabbed the defensive rebound over the top of uh, Morgan now they bring it down Cold top of the key Roberts, uh, Norton out on the left right wing pass into Roberts, Marsh gets in there and says you're going to have to pass outside, Horton drives down underneath, <laughs> off to Roberts left hand hook shot which and is too tough, <laughs> too tough. And Morgan back at the other end runs into Gretel oh, Tippett gets the charge. I tell you, it's of course Gretel Tippett's older brother, Kurt Tippett, that plays with the Adelaide Crows. Uh, it's obvious that she's done a bit of kicking around the backyard, playing <laughs> footy with the boys because she she seems to revel in that physical contact. Guys, just to know, Tippett with four rebounds, Roberts with three. It's not a bad uh, day out, although rebounding is pretty strong from the Perklings as well. Tippett with the ball top of the key, off to Thompson. The pass to Roberts, drags that one in. And gets called for three seconds as she was fighting for position down low. Taylor Roberts did a great job to pull that ball in. It was a wild high pass from uh, Olivia Thompson. Now pass back off to Marsh as the Perth Lynx bring it across centre court. Marsh dribbles down into the front court, down the right wing, comes back to the left for Morgan. Morgan 
inside the pass to Norwood Looks up a shot and won't go Campbell third opportunity and it was somebody got a handle in there Cole I think got a handle in there knocked it loose but Perth end up with the basket anyway Norwood goes under 12 points she's leading all scorers and she's still getting in there and getting creating big headaches for the AIS defense Cole back across to Norton three from the left from the right won't go and it's Norwood the grabs the defensive rebound gets it down to Malpass quickly into Campbell low post turn around against Greta will tip it and manages to score over the top of her Phil Brown says let's have a chat about this 2.45 to go here and uh, the biggest lead of the match right now for the Perth Lynx 39 to 34 in the last minute they've got a couple of easy baskets that the Institute just haven't been able to reply to yeah, whether it's a matter of the, of the, the girls getting tired, it's, it's been a solid 17 and a half minutes of play for both teams, or whether Phil just might have the wrong group out there at the moment, but they're certainly, uh, we've talked about it, um, Norwood is just getting to the basket too easily, um, and now we're seeing uh, Daniel Campbell being able to get in there and, and score easily on that occasion, so I'm sure that's pretty much what Coach Brown will be saying, just... You know, we've got 2 minutes 45 left we don't want to drop our heads now Let's go hard, we can have a break we can have 15 minutes roughly off in the next next 2.5 so um, just keep the intensity going so 2.45 to go we're till half time at half time we will have an interview with Sarah Blitovs one of the new players Craig uh, caught up with her earlier and uh, we'll be playing that at uh, Half time. Craig's been listening in. Coach Brown just saying they've got to realise the Roberts has got three girls on her. Don't force it into her. Look for the open players. She's doing a great job, but she can't do it with everyone hanging off her. Over at the other side, watch for more of these reverses where they go down baseline and then kick it back in. It seems to be uh, a, a play that uh, the AIS aren't reacting well to in defence. Definitely, it's causing them headaches. Halevi then brings it back into the front court for the Institute they uh, start the position after the timeout. Madkin on the left wing puts on the floor, driving inside lays it up, won't go for her and Norwood with the defensive rebound gives it to Malpass and Marsh down the right wing Malpass, Norwood top of the key puts it on the floor, drives straight past Roberts and Tippett coming across us. that's a third he's on Tippett, yep she uh, stepped across on the help out defence as Norwood went past Roberts just too easily. Carly Mijovic's going to come over. Give Gretel a break. Guys, just looking at some of the other stats there. Norwood with seven rebounds, Campbell with five. Yeah, and that's uh, what's got them this lead right now. Norwood misses the first free throw. 39-34, Perth leading with 2.18 to go. Misses the second. Came off the rim and just dropped straight down. Midgewick grabs it and gives it to Levy. Quickly down the right wing and then she'll pull out and set up the play. Calls uh, Madgen out and throws away to the left. Midgewick at top of the key to Madgen on the right wing. Roberts setting up in front of her. Uses her as a screen. Three from the right. Wait go. And Campbell runs down the rebound to Perth and gives it to Malpass to bring down court. Institute don't want to let this lead blow out before half time. Campbell then gets it low post, shoots over the top of Roberts, but 
Left it short, Medjivic quickly off to Laby down the left wing. Can she get there? No, she'll wait and call up. Cross court to Horton. Horton driving in. Left handed layup. Oh, won't go. Roberts with the rebound. No, lost out of bounds by Campbell. Institute ball. New 24, and the AOS will get it from the baseline. Great work inside. And Horton inbound pass to Madgen. Oh, oh overcooks it on the easy layup. And then comes up with the steal. Midjevic back to Hort to Madgen. Madgen with the layup. And it's 39-36. Kate now passed on. <laughs> yeah, she's holding her shoulder too, so she's had a hip and a shoulder worry already in this game. Perth, move it to the left, go inside to Campbell. Defensive pressure forces the steal. Madgen quickly off the Levy layup. Oh, Won't go, wow. and Horton couldn't get the rebound. Just went at it too fast. Hit plenty of time. Malpass with the charge. As Madgen had defensive pressure, says the referee. That's one of the that's one of the best assets Tess Madgen has. She'll she'll make a mistake at the offensive end. She doesn't suck about it. She doesn't complain to the refs Just or anything. Oh, she needs some help. Guns it down down the other end and makes a turnover. Oh, that court violation. Yeah. Oh. Good D, good pressure there. Yeah. Yeah. Forced the AIS into a, a long half court pass, and Macken had to jump from the front court into the back court to get it. Back court violation, unfortunately. Yeah. If she did got there, put her foot down, and then received the yep. pass, yep. would have been alright. 51.9 <laughs> seconds to go here to half time. Three point game, Perth still up by three. And, uh, wow. We've had a really entertaining game of basketball here in the uh, at the AS training hall. It was starting to ebb and flow a bit. It was a real arm wrestle for probably the first 15 minutes, but then we saw Perth for two or three minutes there gain a little ascendancy. They really didn't blow it out. I think five points was the biggest lead they had. Now, in the last couple of minutes, last minute or so, we see the AIS really throw it up again, take it at Perth. We saw that fantastic blocking um, move from Madgen, forcing the offensive foul on. Kate Malpass and Institute just really want to get a win here. They're really working hard. Craig's over here now. Battle just wanting to uh, continually just get the Perth Lynx thinking about options in offence. Now they're looking to go high post this time and just try and keep changing it up so the AS won't be ready for it. With Coach Brown, he just says you've got to be aware. You've got to be looking and making sure that if they're not open the first time, they might be the second, but keep aware of what's going on. Marsh gets the ball on the left wing. I don't think Marsh has scored, has she? Oh, well, she's got three. Ball knocked out of bound by Tesla as they put the defensive pressure on, but it'll still be Perth ball from the left wing where Morgan comes across to inbound the pass gets it into Norwood oh, took a little step as she passed <laughs> it off to Campbell back to Morgan into Norwood low post shot won't go for a Magnum with a defensive rebound outlet pass finds Levy at centre court she'll pull up on the left and set up the play back to Madgen off to Levy on the left wing dribbles back out of there Madgen on the left gets it Roberts top of the key to pass left side, just seven on the shot clock. Long cross court, Madsen, three from the right. Oh, oh, seven seconds to go till half time. Marsh, will she get a shot off in time? No, throws oh. a bad pass towards Morgan on the left wing. 
That's half time. It's all tied up at 39 on the big three from Tess Madgen. It's her last game for the Institute. <laughs> Something about the uh, well. glory. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the, the, the flow. Uh, the Perth had that ascendancy for a few minutes there. That last two minutes was all Institute. They just came back hard. And uh, we've got it all squared up at halftime. 39 all. Yep, it's been a great first. And uh, she's leading scorer at halftime for the uh, Institute. 13 points for Tess Manning. Leading all scorers. Gretel, 8. Gretel Tippett with 8. Taylor Roberts with eight, also uh, scoring well for the Institute. Uh, Norwood, 12, leading scorer for Perth, and Rebecca Mercer with 10. Yeah. With 10, and kind of stuck those in somehow. Uh, yeah, surprising. She hit that three, I think, yeah. in about the, the first minute, and uh, hasn't scored since. No, she's the leading scorer, so the Institute have done a great job defending and keeping her out of the game. She'd probably have a few turnovers. Two more stats. Uh, Norwood with seven, Campbell with six, and Malpass with five rebounds. Tippett with four, and then it's Roberts with three, with uh, a number of the AOS girls all with two rebounds apiece. And I think this has definitely been their uh, best game defensively as well. Horton has two rebounds. Magden has two rebounds. Uh, Sheedy has two rebounds in her first home game for the AOS. Yeah. And also, uh, Majokidi has got... Uh, two rebounds as well so uh, great work there by the AS we're definitely up here um, also looking at the assists Militia Marsh with three assists for Perth she's got one steal Horton with two steals for the Cats block shots this is the amazing one Rebecca Cole two block shots already this game with Taylor Roberts having the one I thought Gretel Tippett had one as well but obviously not scored um Shooting the lights out first though They were 52% just with about 3 minutes to go In that quarter They'd gone into half time 48% 41% for the AIS 75% They're 3 from 4 outside the arc The caps uh, the AIS just a little bit down on that They're 4 from 7 But they've had a lot of good looks The AIS They just haven't been able to get them to land As well as they'd like Free throws is what uh, they'd be Both teams would be disappointed for With 4 from 10 Perth, 1 from 6 the AIS. Rebound totals, 24 for Perth, 19 for the AIS. Assists, 8 to 7 Perth saver. Steal, 7 to 1 AIS's saver. Blocks, 3 to 2 AIS. Turnovers, 7 for AIS, 14 for Perth. So that's why the AIS have had 41 shots in this first half compared to Perth who have only had 33. Second chance points, well, at 6 to 9, and points off turnovers, the AAS have 4. So that's the uh, sort of leading stats here at half time. Well, certainly on the stats, you'd say the, that the AIS has the upper hand. Of course, the, the all important stat, though, are those points 39 all. Yep, so, uh, there's a few th- uh, threes from outside keeping Perth in this game, yep. and. Uh, and Samantha Norwood inside uh, doing a great job for him as well. But, uh, well, unbelievable. Half time, 39 all here at the RS Training Hall. We're having a great game of basketball. We're going to catch up with Sarah Blitzhavs, who uh, was having a chat with Craig earlier. Sarah Blitzhavs joins us at half time here on AIS WNBL Radio. Sarah, it's been an interesting start to your WNBL career. Yeah, definitely. Um 
I'm really looking forward to this year and stuff because of the athletic group that's being brought in. So it should be really good. And I've been enjoying this season that we've been playing so far. So four games in and, no, nah, it's really fun. Now, it has been a very uh, different introduction for you guys into the WNBL. You've, you've got halfway through the season and all of a sudden, hey, welcome to the big league. Yeah, I know. It's quite a big change. Like, I've never played WNBL for... Um, before, so like coming in and you know not having the year to train, and we have to play straight away against women who are so much more stronger and faster. It's been a big challenge, but I've loved every minute of it. It's been so much fun. Now, the story I have is you come from a very uh, traditional basketball family, yeah. uh, both members playing yeah. at very high levels. Yeah, uh, was that the inspiration? Um, yeah, I guess you could say that because. Both, like, my dad going to an Olympics and mum playing for Australia, it's just, it has been inspiring and stuff. So, but I would say, like, my brothers played and that kind of brought me into it. And so we've just had, we've got a really big basketball background. What was your first basketball memory? Um, okay, I remember when I was, like, eight, when my very, when I was playing my very first game and, um, in, and, uh, Instead of me playing defense, playing deep, I was just doing cartwheels down the court because I thought that would be so much more funner. <laughs> so that I, I can remember that. And uh, of course, you're coming in as a small forward at 188 centimeters. Not very small. Uh, no, it's not. But uh, from Sunbury in Victoria, so yeah. I take it you watched a bit of Dandenong, you watched a bit of Bulleen WNBL games, and had looked up to a lot of those players. Um, not really. No? I actually never watched WNBL until until the start of this season. <laughs> so like, not really. I would say. Why was that? You weren't thinking that you'd have an illustrious basketball career? I just wasn't really interested in watching it, <laughs> which is really weird, but I don't know. I think because like, once I got offered a scholarship here, it kind of became more interesting to watch because I knew I was going to have to verse them and see the standards that I had to get up to to play them. So I guess I became more interested now. But so you were keen on playing. <laughs> what, what was taking your interest off the court then? Um, oh... I don't know really like friends I guess like me and my best friends just hanged out all the time so one of the difficulties though <laughs> is you come to Canberra yeah I know you've got a bunch of teammates which of course uh, are all got one goal in mind yeah. but ha- how have you adjusted to that transition of moving away from your friends and family um well it hasn't been too bad for the start of this year because I'm seeing a lot of my family because they're coming up and we're going back down and then for nationals and stuff but I think once like the cold weather starts coming in and um, school starts it'll just become more of a drag and then I guess I miss my friends and family a lot more and it was just it'll be really hard but you know like the support here is so good and all the basketball girls here are so nice and everyone is just no nah, it's been really fun did you know a lot of these girls coming into the camp yeah I knew of them I knew a lot of them but not well so but they've just oh they've accepted me so well and yeah all really nice now Victoria is a bit of a hotbed but there's only really yourself and Carla that uh, I guess from that uh, Melbourne area yeah because uh, uh, the oh, other is uh, okay, Beck Holland, of course, because uh, uh, Madeline Garrick was out yeah. of Bendigo. Yeah. 
So it, normally, I guess three for Victorians is a good number. But yeah. It, it's not like we have seen where we've seen half the team Victorians. Yeah, either. I know. It's surprising that we don't have that many, but I still think five's quite a lot. <laughs> What are your ambitions? You're in this program now and, and there are goals that I guess Basketball Australia wants from you, but what, what are your personal goals out of, out of this couple of years mm. in the AS program? Well, like, I guess everyone's major goal is to make the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I'd say 2016 Olympics and hopefully be a starter. It's quite a big goal, but I'd really love to achieve that. And then I guess during my time here, I've got under-17s this year, so hopefully we can make that team and hopefully we can win a gold. And then next year we've got gems and hopefully we can do the same thing as well. And so just building up to the Olympics would be amazing. And, uh, of course, you've, you've just recently had the camps for that uh, under-17 side and uh, you were just, <laughs> I guess, getting hammered by all and sundry wanting to push you to... Uh, to that next level mm. Nah it was quite tough this week I think everyone's hurting from it at the moment quite sore but seeing the physio a lot <laughs> but What sorry. has it been like for you like Lauren Jackson's in town yeah. she's coming and, and talking to you guys she's beating you up on the court uh, back of Dick Brown out there uh, when you played Sydney was out there just giving you an absolute hammering as well um what has that been like to play against those mature, physically fit women, knowing that you know you're 16 years old trying to to play them? Yeah, oh, it's been fantastic because it really gives you an eye opening. Like now, I need to know what the standards are for me to get there. So I know I have to get heat stronger. Like I'm weak as anything. So that's you know, but they're they're really nice. Like Lauren Jackson was so nice, and she respected us and kept playing hard, even though they were like flogging us by a hundred points or whatever. But um, yeah, so it's been really good. Like I've loved every minute of it. It's so much fun. Another player that uh, spent a lot of time with you a few weeks ago was Emily McInerney, and a uh, very different player to Lauren Jackson. But I imagine she also gave you some great insight. Yeah, definitely because. She didn't make it to the Olympics. She didn't make it, and that was her ultimate goal. So it kind of, you know, it makes you just want it more. And she really helped heaps as well because her main thing on the court was her defense, and that's what I need to get better at as well. So yeah. Interestingly enough, we've seen you in these uh, three, four games now, and one of the things that has really uh, caught our attention on the sideline is your reach. You seem to be able to from almost nowhere slap the ball out of the passing lane make a steal how has that come about and how is uh, Coach Brown trying to develop that to sort of uh, culture it and refine it so you can really you know put that away yeah Um, well I'm lanky so that helps a lot (laughs) but I think it's been more of a natural thing for me to do that I don't um, yeah Brownie he hasn't taught me anything about that or anything yet so like it just comes naturally just to I can I find I can read eyes really well like when they look I know they're going to pass it so I guess that helps as well mm. well however you get it done it's working at the moment we love to see more of it in the years to come as you come through this AAS program and uh, although the scores are getting pretty tough now <laughs> you can see that with you your group together it's going to become uh, you won't be worried about winning quarters you'll be worried about winning games yeah. very soon oh I know I'm so excited for the next so excited 
season to come. I think we'll have a really good chance. Well, we thank you for your time today and all the best for a Canberra winter ahead. <laughs> thank you so much. Sarah Blitzabs there talking with Craig earlier and we're about three minutes away from the start of the second half. 39 all, it's all tied up. Institute, seven turnovers in the uh, first half. That must be close to a record. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very good effort for them. And also, uh, interestingly, looking at the stats, it matches the turnover output of Perth's two best players in uh, Melissa Marsh and Kate Malfast. So uh, there's certainly areas in the uh, in the box score and in the stats where the AIS are dominating. And uh, I just need to convert that in the next 20 minutes into points on the board, and then they'll be laughing. Indeed, Nadine Payne uh, went off on the crutches. She's gone. I don't think we're going to... Oh, no, she's actually coming back, so uh, she's going to sit near the bench and uh, keep supporting the girls as their last game of the WNBL season. Uh, so, yep, she's got a smile on her face, so hopefully it is nothing more than just a sprain and uh, it won't be a long uh, rehabilitation for her. But uh, obviously she will not take any part in the rest of this game tonight the uh, AIS and Perth here from the AIS training hall Tess Magian in her last game for the Institute leading scorer with 13 and for Craig, Perth, so see if can Sam Norwood have oh. a chat to Nadine Payne just uh, see what she is going to say about it Nadine Nadine Payne, a frustrating last game for you for this season, uh, ending up with the ice on the ankle. Uh, any idea of what you've done? Um, I think I've just rolled it, that's all. So, yeah. Well, the girls are really playing hard without you on the floor. They've really lifted, haven't they? Yeah, they're playing really good. I think all we need to do now is stop um, Norwood. She's killing us, but I'm not very good, I reckon. Well, we hope it's not long you're off the floor and uh, look forward to seeing you back here in the AS next season. Yeah, thank you. Oh, good news there, only a rolled ankle. Oh, well, that's, that's good. Uh, Obviously, they'll do some x-rays probably later just to confirm it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's hope that is certainly the way. Final instructions right now as the coaches uh, get them started here. We're starting as even as it could be as we start the second half. 39 all. And, of course, the last half of basketball for Jill Horton and Tess Madgen in an institute Guys, can I just say, it was very empty, the training hall, except for the box with the, with the men's team here when we started this game, but I hope they've been watching on Sport Radio and decided to come down and really <laughs> see this in person, because it's really started to fill up, and remembering that the caps are away, so they normally fill in the uh, stands here, it is a, a great crowd to uh, see off Madgen and also Horton tonight. So Lady Madgen, Bitsavs... Tippett and Roberts will be the starting line for the Institute who will have the possession to start the third quarter. It's now from the right wing at centre court. And it is matching with the ball, looking to inbound it to Levy and manages to get it to her. So she'll come down and set up the first play. What do they do? They go to Tippett. Tippett, though, passes off to Blitzhads on the left wing. Back to... Madgen into Roberts, back to Madgen driving to the woods of the baseline pull up jumper, she's got the thing for the game and a great start for the Institute for the last, for the third quarter come down the left wing to Perth 
Norwood back to Marsh. Malpass coming around a screen on the right wing. Back to Mercer. Mercer into Campbell. High post. Backing across the paint. Tippett blocks the shot. Campbell picks it up. Jerks it up again. Won't get it. Third opportunity. Campbell finally puts it in. And... Referee just wants to have a word with Campbell about uh, the way she treated the ball after she'd scored the basket. Uh, I'm of the opinion that if it's enough to stop the game and have a word to her, he should be blowing a foul. It's, uh, I mean, she just collected Gretel Tippett, just dropped the shoulder and collected her on the way past. And I nipped that stuff in the bud. <laughs> she comes up with a steal back at the other end though. Marsh quickly down. Knocks the Mercer on the left wing. Driving in at the basket. Into Mo Campbell. Campbell gets called for three seconds and it's a turnover against Perth. Gillian Horton's in for Sarah Blitzchaps. And the Institute will have the ball on the back court. Well, an interesting start here is <laughs> to the third quarter. Institute, it's all tied up at 41 as Levy brings it down the right wing. Horton back to Tippett at the top. She puts it on the floor, squeezes through a couple of players. The lab won't go, but gets her own offensive board and back outside to Levy. Great work there. Madgen driving in, left-handed hook shot. Oh, drops back off the front of the rim and Campbell grabs the defensive rebound is fouled by Tess Madgen as she was going after that offensive board. Yeah, not, not, let, not a lot Tess could do there. She, uh, she um, was leaping at the ball. <laughs> yeah. Campbell wrapped it up pretty quick and forward momentum being what it is. <laughs> so, second on Madgen for the game. Still tied at 41 here, minute 20 into the third quarter. And the Perth then with the ball as they just cleaned up the floor a little bit. So Malpass will bring it down the right wing. Marsh goes around the screen, set Campbell free. Comes back out to Marsh, top of the key. Off Mercer on the left wing. She puts it on the floor, driving down underneath. And Julian Horton is going to be caught for a reach and foul from behind. The first. And he's saying it was in the act of shooting. I thought it was anything. It was way, way before. Well, first on Horton. <laughs> Mercer at the line makes the first of the free throws. It seemed to be way, way before. Second is she makes them both. A tip it will inbound it to Levy, who gets double teamed immediately in the corner and then loses the ball off Mercer's leg, I guess. So Institute will still have it in the back court, but they've uh, used up four seconds off the shot clock, so they need to quickly get it across centre court. Madkin, she will get it there easily. Long pass to Horton, underneath the basket, off to Roberts, Roberts the basket. Great work from the Institute. That's a good way to break her. Sort of half press. Norwood driving baseline. Great pass off to Marsh and Marsh with the basket ties it back at 43. Levy brings it back down the right. Tippett left side to Horton. Tippett wants it low post. Turn around. She shoots over the top and shot won't drop for her. Marsh defensive rebound. Back for the links down the right wing. Norwood. Pass into Campbell, turn around. White go, Roberts can't get the rebound. Campbell outlets the pass to Marsh. 
Marsh hands off to Mercer. Mercer to Malpass on the left wing, coming around the screen, driving down the centre of the lane. Shot won't go for her. Roberts off to Levy, and Levy can go down the right wing into the front court for the Institute. Into Roberts, low post. Roberts off to Tippett. Tippett layup. Yes. And it goes. And ties back at 45 with 7.12 here to go in the third quarter. Great passing and work inside. Great understanding they're building up there inside from the big girls. Tess Megan reaching foul. That's number three on her as the pass is outside. Third team foul against the Institute for the quarter. Coming on to give Sheedy. Oh, Sheedy. Sheedy. And Cole is the other one. So Perth though with the ball on the right wing. The pass into Gilmore. Gilmore back out to Campbell, top of the key. Left side's Mercer. Mercer. Forced out of going inside. Finds Gilmore for the baseline jumper. Won't go for Roberts tips it. Campbell got the hand last touch on it out of bounds. AIS get it in the backcourt. Battle between Roberts and Campbell <coughs> continuing on into this second half. Cole then brings it across centre court. Around the corner finds Sheedy. Sheedy. The top of the key back off to Cole on the right wing. She's on her own out there. Roberts low post gets it along the baseline. She'll put up a jumper oh. and it's all net. Nothing but net. She and had a really sweet up. mid to outside shot battle of it as well as that strong post game. Mercer at the top of the key puts it on the floor looking to drive inside. Fouled by uh, Seacamp. And fourteen foul. Fourteen foul. None against Perth this quarter. Yeah. So uh, next foul from the Institute puts them in the... Uh, Oh, they're in the bonus for six minutes, seven minutes. Yeah, now, so. it's a long time. Gilmore gets it off the inbound pass back to Malpass. Left side, Mercer. Three from the left, won't go, but Gilmore inside sticks it back in off the second opportunity. I don't know, did Gilmore even play in the first half? I don't think she I don't, did. I don't remember seeing her out there. But no. she's come up with an early basket here in the third quarter. Yep, now first foul. Malpass has been called for her second. And the Institute will have it on the left wing in the front court. Yeah, Gilm- I thought, yeah. Seacat the then with the ball off the inbound pass. Sheedy on the right wing. Trying to go round the corner. With the steal now, and yep, Gilmore with the steal. She's building some stats. Flood. With the ball at the top of the key, reviving the right. Comes back to Campbell, left side is Marsh. Coming using Campbell for a screen, gets Campbell free. Seacamp helps out. Campbell cross to the right to Mercer. Goes around Judy and lays it up and in. And another basket for Mercer. 49 47 in favour of Perth. Judy on the right wing. Horton to Cole on the left. Puts it on the floor, going to go inside, and then just pull up, jump up from outside. That's just a nice. two, though. Got some outside touch coming from uh, a lot of these two players here in the second half. And it's 49 all. Marsh on the left wing, Campbell top of the key, Roberts defending her. Campbell puts it on the floor and drives past, lays it in, and then it goes. She's got the height and length to do that. Uh, she, once you get that first step going. 
help defence needs to be there Cole dribbles away to the right down to Horton in the corner back to Roberts back for Horton three from Gillian Horton's all there nice one the crowd like that Institute up by one yep they all come from outside for Horton she's got her six points as Perth moving around Mercer driving around dived around the baseline got away from her defensive player and gets an easy lay in for Perth back in front by one they've had a lot of lead changes in this one 53-52 Perth lead Sheedy is fouled by Gilmore second team foul first on Gilmore and a couple of changes Thompson and Madgen are back in for Sheedy and Seacamp Institute ball on the left wing Madgen gets it into Cole set up play from there finds Madgen on the right wing to go inside can't pass to Robertson right down low called for three seconds I think we've had about three or four three second calls in the second in the third quarter alone pretty intense both ends of the floor anywhere inside the key so not too surprising in a game with this kind of intensity trouble was Robert's got it down low and by the time she managed to uh, get it up and put it up the three seconds had run out so Marsh top of the key for Perth Dribbles to the right, back to Flood, left side to Gilmore. Gilmore, pass towards Campbell, low post, back outside, Mercer for three, won't go, it's too long. Gilmore defense of the offensive board, another opportunity. I want to know where Gilmore was in the first half, she's been great for them, she's come on. She has. Stolen by Horton, a flood, knocked to the ground, Jill Horton. And that's the third team foul against the Perth Lynx in the last minute we're just evening up the foul count <laughs> yeah just flood frustrated there that uh, had the ball stolen and just sort of lashing out so Cole on the right wing low poster was Robert and uh, just a bouncing pass it wasn't good lost out of bounds turnover AIS Morgan comes back in for flood for the uh, Perth Lynx and Carly Boyanich will come in for Campbell Daniel Campbell sitting down only got three well she's got three and six points I'm not sure it's getting very confusing up there on the board because now they've started putting points on the other 42 yeah. maybe she's got nine we'll find out later Marsh passes down to Mercer driving baseline blocked by Horton Horton will be called for the foul that's number 5 team foul that'll put uh, Mercer at the line I think it was a foul I can help you out there Uh, (laughs) Campbell has 9 points for the game guys Okay, so we counted both 42's together I love the idea of this um, this brand new school board out here was so that we didn't have to do any addition (laughs) (laughs) didn't have to concentrate too hard on the numbers Mercer misses the first free throw second one she left short and it comes off the front Maggie gets in the defensive rebound quickly into the front court Mercer's got 16 points right now leading score for Perth Horton across to the right Cole nets it all for three guys uh, Daniel Campbell's only one point off a double-double already with 10 rebounds tonight 7 for Norwood and 5 for Malpass 
stolen by Cole as she drives at the basket, lays it up, Cole, and it goes. Institute are up by 4, 57-53, and that's probably their biggest lead of the night. Gilmore, the AIS supporters are liking this, you can probably hear them in the background. Marsh, a pass into Gilmore, layup won't go for her, Hilton defensive rebound, straight down the centre of the court, Roberts in front of her, she uses her as a screen, oh, lays it in, foul in the act of shooting, she'll go to the line on the lead of six. I think you'd love to see that, the, the, the foul from, from the first defender, I think it was Melissa Marsh, and uh, she ended up on the floor, Horton makes the basket, <laughs> and the lady was up immediately, and he called a timeout. <laughs> no surprise, 59-53, she used, Taylor Roberts was in front of her, she was going down, she used it perfectly, as a screen, and as she broke away, the defender had just reaching out, and not much else. She could do. More, um, AFL tips there from from Tippett. Just a bit of uh, a, uh, using the the little the screen little there. Screen. <laughs> the shepherd. Well, that's that's foul number four against Perth for the rest of the quarter. It's only a minute fifty six to go, so it's not such a big concern. But uh, yeah, the crowd are loving this game. Tess Megan, 15, leading score for the Institute so far. Taylor Robertson, 12. Greta Tippett with 10. So three players in double figures. And Rebecca Mercer's Craig's been listening in. Guys, Vladdle uh, Levy, as you'd expect, he goes, the AS are making some tough shots granted, but we've still got to be on our game. We've still got to be paying them respect. He said, you know, we've just got to be aware. At the moment, they're shooting the lights out. That's where the swing is. For Coach Brown, he just wants that intensity to maintain. Horton then will go to the line, chance to extend this lead out to seven. Definitely the biggest lead the Institute have had. She does, 60 to 53, and Tess Horton with six points, no, nine points for the game. As Perth have it back in the front court. Morgan to Marsh at the top. Mercer coming around the screen. Throws a pass towards Morgan under the basket. Turnover against Perth. And boy, have they turned it over a lot tonight. Pressure really on the links at the moment. Levy then back into the front court. Thompson on the left to Horton left wing. Horton driving baseline. A pass inside finds Thompson. Thompson scores! 62-53 Perth need to watch out Mercer to Boyan it's left wing finds Morgan back to Marsh at the top of the key the defence pressure from Institute right now is very very good Campbell hands off to Marsh three from the left the shot clock was running down but Campbell gets the offensive board almost Ooh, stolen by Madgen wow. 54 seconds till three-quarter time. Marsh looking to set up a play. Boyanich and Mercer set up in front of it, then split away. Mercer gets it back on the left, puts it on the floor. Driving to the baseline. Won't go for her. Ball on the floor. Jump ball. With the arrow to be Perth. Perth get the arrow. Four seconds on the shot clock. Kate Malpass comes back in from Morgan. But four seconds are on the shot clock. 39 seconds till three-quarter time. It'll be Mercer to inbound the ball from underneath their offensive basket. Coach Brown just saying no foul. Just pressure them in. 
Yeah. All the pressure's on them, they've got four seconds to get a look. Boyanich, back from Mercer, quickly jacks it up along the baseline, comes off the side of the board, Horton with the defensive rebound, and the, uh, well, stop clock violation didn't go off, but didn't matter. Horton drives inside, three-pointer from Madgen oh! from the left, is all met! Cliff Madgen, 18 for the game! <laughs> and the lead is 12. 15 seconds, one last chance for Perth. Boyanich. Oh, fouled by Thompson outside, and it's in the penalty. So, two shots. A lot of that, a lot of that three-point play there for Tess Madigan. You can hand over to Jill Horton. There was a massive scramble when she got possession. She just slowed things down. Perth panicked back. They ran back. She brought the ball up under control. Took it right side. Madigan snuck in there. Perth just went with the ball. She dished it out. Pretty easy to hit those shots if there's no one in front of you and you've got a great guard delivering the ball. Boyanich misses the first free throw. 10.8 seconds. Left here in the quarter. She makes the second. And Madgen gets it quickly for the inbound pass and brings it down the centre of the court. Driving at the basket. She'll go inside. Lays it in. Two seconds to go. Will they get a shot off? No. Didn't get it off in time. It wouldn't matter if it went anyway. Three-quarter time. The lead is 13. 67 to 54. Institute have got it in their control starting the fourth quarter. Well, this is a great lead. What is it? 13 points. And, and you've got to be... You've got to just be riding out this last quarter with Tess Matkin. She's been here two years. Has never won a game. This Institute team has not... They did not win a game last season. They haven't won a game this season. They've got one by the scruff of the neck here. 13 points last quarter to go. The way they're playing at the moment, they will build on that lead rather than Perth ending into it. Perth looked dejected. They look like the game over already. You, we're seeing them just not gelling at all. I, I guarantee that's what uh, Brad Alvis talking to these troops saying. Guys, we've got to communicate. We're just, we're just running down the floor, panicking. We're not covering up our defensive assignments. You know, Tess Madgen didn't have a player within 15 feet of her for that open jump shot down there. And that, that's a big communication breakdown. Indeed it is. 67-54. Madgen, it says 18, but uh, she put in that last one. That should be 20, I think. Yeah. Wait to uh, see if that update. It's a bit funny. It sometimes doesn't go unless you jump that the clock winding down properly so Gillian Horton in her last game she's got 11 <laughs> she had three both got nine, so 8 points that quarter you had a great time Craig as you can imagine Coach Brown happy with the way the team's going he said you could see now what we've been talking about all season particularly when we start talking about those defensive stops and boxing out and then using the ball keeping kicking around getting the defensive off uh, getting the defence uh, off balance for Perth again Vlad still very calm and composed just saying to the girls we've got to make sure that we get the ball to Campbell and to Norwood keep feeding it in and chopping it up but just look for those smalls to keep running around changing up the one spot and watch for Campbell and Norwood to keep changing up the five spot Norwood is back into the game. We didn't see her much in that third quarter. No, nah, she was a big part of, of Perth's dominance there in that second quarter, so we'll I'll be see. wanting to get her out and running very quickly. Institute have first possession here. Tip it around the pass, around the corner pass. The Horton was behind her and she couldn't control it. So Perth will bring it back. They get their first opportunity in the final quarter. 
Malpass on the left wing gets it towards Campbell low post it was bad so she goes back to Malpass Malpass in the corner dribbling around looking for someone else Marsh driving inside Tippett blocks it and knocks it out of bounds it'll be Perth ball but Marsh just ran into the tall Kimball and great defence from the Institute Marsh inbounds to Mercer three seconds on the shot clock the pass aside ball knocked around won't get it away in time 24 second violation against Perth another time in that passing lane was able to to force it into a dodgy shot don't know if you picked it up but AIS shooting at 52% in the game it's uh, 45 for Perth Mercer with 16 points Madgen for the AIS with 20 and what a game we're seeing down to the line indeed as Laby brings it into the front court for the Institute Horton back to Tippett top of the key Madgen on the left finds Laby Tippett puts it on the floor driving inside might have taken a bump the lamp wouldn't drop for her as Campbell went up in defence so she would bring it in back into the front court Mercer on the left wing into Campbell turn around against Tippett did she get a hand and knock it loose don't know if it would be counted as a block but she comes up with a steal anyway and the Institute get back into the front court Horton to tip it on the right wing three from there Ooh, a little bit long but Taylor Roberts with the offensive board oh. sticks it back in tough work from Roberts inside she is so tough under that offensive glass just so tenacious with it as well Norwood with the ball on the right wing for Perth cross court to the left they go Mercer off to Marsh back to Mercer into Campbell low post back to Mercer in the corner Mercer looking to try and go inside can't double dribble wow. double dribble another turnover turnover timeout Perth right now in big big trouble minute 48 seconds gone here in the fourth quarter and Perth have had some opportunities you haven't taken them AIS have and the lead is 15 right now for the Institute yeah the dominance that the AIS had in that last half of that third quarter they just carried it into this fourth quarter and they just steamrolling this team this Perth Lynx team at the moment they're in real trouble here this lead is building we, we talked about it in the three quarter time break the way the Institute has been playing they will extend this lead and uh, sky's the limit for them they've, they've got it by the throat they've really got it Craig's just listening in over there to so the coaches will just throw to him now. Vladilevi, very disappointed that there's no intensity on defence from the first link. Whereas with Phil Brown, he's just saying, we've got to keep this up tempo, keep pushing it hard. So Perth are uh, back out at centre court. They've got Campbell, Malpass, Norwood, Mercer, and Marsh as their starting lineup. And they, uh, I don't think we're hoping that uh, they'll be using it at this time in the match. Tippett, Madgen, Levy, Horton, and Roberts for the Institute. Institute with the ball in the back court, and Tippett and bounds it to Levy to bring down Malpass defending her. Centre court. She'll go to the right to Madgen. Madgen driving across court to Tippett. Three from the left. Now it was a two, but didn't go for a defensive oh. rebound and for Martian. Looks fairly clean there. Looks like the first on Kesslady. Uh, the ball, but Lady picks up a first personal. Well, if Marsh had stayed on the feet, you wouldn't have noticed it. <laughs> it's you and Tumley. Perth then bring it down. Lady's first first team foul against Institute. 
Marsh on the left wing to Mercer. Can't go inside. Malpass right wing. Malpass tries to force a pass in there. Horton steals it away from and dribbles it into the front court. Gives it to Madkin. Left side to find Levy all alone for three. Oh, three and fouled as Mercer steps across to try and defend it. She was that was almost the same place as players before. The defence was nowhere nearer. Slavey on the left wing for the, for the three. And the defence was too late fouling. Nadine Payne up on her feet. That's the flip that's had the icon with all games. She was that happy with that shot. And why wouldn't she? Slavey. Nadine Payne was still out there. <laughs> Can't make the four point play. This is the free throw and Norwood grabs the defensive rebound and marsh into the front court. Mercer right wing, down to Campbell low post. Goes underneath, layup, won't go for her and Roberts grabs the defensive rebound. They don't get a second opportunity. 72-54, the lead is 18 for the Institute. Do you think Tess Madkin can believe it? Oh. Pass inside towards Roberts, knocked out of bounds by Campbell. Institute will have it still with 10 seconds on the shot clock. That lady just thought Roberts was still coming through, but she stopped on the drive. Pass into Madgen under the basket, goes to the other side, lays it in. 22. There's a little confusion on how many points she's got. Is it 20 or 22? But. Uh, 20 point lead here yeah. for the Institute Campbell inside, turn around jumper won't go, Tippett's offensive rebound, Madkin down for Levy for the layup, no turn around jumper <laughs> knocked to the ground, nothing called and Norwood ended up with the ball 20 point lead 74-54 Campbell off to Morgan Morgan on the right wing has come into the game Marsh three from the left is an air ball off the bus, off the uh, backboard, but they get a, another opportunity. Marsh another three from the top. Oh. It won't go. Tippett and Campbell wrestling for it. Campbell touches it out of bounds. Institute ball. I mean that that play alone there is just an indication of of Perth's headset. Uh, Marsh sort of wasn't a great shot the first three. We just got position again, and she just jacked it up straight away again, not looking for for good baskets or for open baskets they're just panicking they're looking to score whatever is available have we seen the concession mm-hmm. Campbell's gone Lobb is in to replace her Horton inside to Roberts backing across the key little hook shot won't go for her and Norwood with the defensive rebound Marsh off to Mercer on the right goes down to Lobb inside ball knocked loose Madgen with the steal dribbles down court she'll have the front running against Mercer fouled by Mercer Mercer will go to the line uh, Tess Lady just getting looked at by Professor Dr Fallon and uh, she's got a cut just on her, her uh, chest around near the collarbone there, or just below the collarbone there not sure how it came out uh, how it happened but that's why there was that break in play could have been on that foul uh, where she was shot when she was shooting three or she did get knocked to the ground a couple of plays back as well so um, so you know, we've seen it so many times tonight and um, we're going to see it all season next season this AIS team has got long arms they're just getting hands in the passing lane knocking the ball free and it's turning into turnovers for them you look at, you look at a whole bunch of these girls um, Blitzavs and Thompson and um, Mijovic and of course Gretel Tippett and Taylor Robertson Payne they've all got massive wingspans 
Mabian made the second of the free throws, so she should be about 23. We'll update that at the end of the game. Millwood has the ball knocked loose, but Morgan picks it up off the marsh, driving baseline. Jacks it up, won't go. Mitchell with a defensive rebound. Gives it to Horton at 75-54. Have Perth scored in this quarter? I don't know that they have. No. Mitchevic, long cross court on the right wing. So the shoot, yeah, basically yep. on a uh, 7 to nothing run. 75-54 with 5 minutes and 6 seconds left. Mitchev- uh Blitzhaus with the inbound pass. Finds Roberts to low post against Lobb and she just takes her in. Thanks it in off the glass. It's 23 point lead. Unbelievable. That girl will be an opal in no time at all, Fanny Roberts. She's got 16 points for the game. Perth, they can't buy a basket. Can't get anything. Marsh, down to Lobb. Backing across the key, left handed hook shot, and Taylor Roberts will be called for the reach and foul that it probably be caught shooting. And she'll be going to the line. I'll tell you what, too. Um, at at three quarter time, Taylor Roberts has played 26 minutes of this game for 30 minutes. Not something you normally see in the institute. You don't see players playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game. It's normally shared around a bit. I guess with Payne being out, that that puts more minutes in, into her, her rotation. But, but um, yeah. You can excuse her for a few fouls now and starting to get a little bit slower. She's had a hell of a game. Well, Tippett and Magdalene have got three fouls, so they're the only two. Uh, there's a couple of others with two, but nobody really there in problems. So it's not a problem. Four minutes and 40 seconds left here. Institute up by 23. I'm going to call it. Yep, I think it's in the bag. <laughs> we'll go out on a limb. Go out on a limb. Unbelievable result. Congratulations to AIS. You've got it. Um, I mean, it's in the bag so much that the boys have even stopped their ferocious cheering over there. They've, they're kicking back there. I can't wait for full time to see the celebration. Great. <laughs> <Yeah. Craig. laughs> As you'd expect, Vladilevi, he's saying, we've got to get it on steel. So watch pressure just as they're getting into the front court to really put pressure on those passes. Of course, Coach Brown are wise to that. He said, you've got to make sure those passes count. Make sure that you're looking for the player and not letting them go in. He said, they've got to do it on steel, so you've just got to keep your head. Keep their head indeed for 4 minutes and 40 seconds. Free throw line and lob at the free throw line. Misses the first. Kate Malpass still on the bench, so I don't know if, if they succumb to those niggling injuries that she... Yeah, she's taken a couple of bumps tonight. She yeah. makes the second. I think that's Lob's first points for the night. It is. And the AIS gets some full court pressure, but they get into the front court. Seacamp driving at the basket. Ooh. Might have been some hands in there from Norwood. Norwood, well... I'm not sure how Norwood uh, didn't get the last touch on that out of bounds, but anyway, <laughs> Perth have got it in the backcourt, and it's uh, a huge final oh, quarter here in the Institute. Cole with a steal, driving at the basket, and the lays it in, she stole it from Morgan, and went three quarters of the court, another Ooh. basket. 24 points, 79-55. Off to Morgan on the left wing. Inside the final four minutes. Lob top of the key to Mercer. Mercer coming back left. Pass inside. Stolen by Cole. She's got another stat. And she'll drive straight down. Wake put it up. Tries to force a pass around. Mitchell will 
I mean Blitzos picks it up gives it to Mitchivik off to the left Cole coming around the screen left hand layup won't go Roberts with the offensive board sticks it back won't go and finally Perth ended up with a defensive rebound through Norwood Marsh then into the front court 79-55 Norwood on the right wing has not been the factor in the second half she wasn't the first the pass to Marsh knocked away and Blickovs will bring it down give it to Seacamp and they'll set up on the left wing Mitchevic three from the left it's all net nothing but net three minutes left in this game Institute 82 per 55 at the last time our coach Brown said to the girls look go out there have fun take the shot if it's there we just need to you know we just need to have fun here well I think they are lob inside layup won't go for it gets the ball lost out of bounds off always fun when you're up 27 points <laughs> yeah, it's easy yeah. and your first win in two seasons too well she's back out the two girls are both back out and they'll probably play out the last 242 Test match and Jill Horton their last games and going out big time Marsh inbound pass to Horton Norwood boy tough work there she came up with her first basket this half she's got 14 for the game Maggin brings it back down Horton the pass inside to Roberts Roberts the turnaround jumper won't go Seacat took a spectacular spill and the referee he says I just want to clean the floor because Seacat came around and flying <laughs> flying across the floor but Perth will have it in the backcourt 20 second, 4 second shot clock and it's Marsh to bring it down Boyanich sets up in front of her with Mercer she goes left pull up jumper from Marsh she's got a basket She's got seven for the game. Melissa Marsh, she uh, not been a factor here tonight. Not at all. Madgen across to the left for Seacamp. Across to the right, they find Horton. Madgen looking for the pass out to the left. Mercer got a handle on there in Seacamp. Just reaching. Yeah. Keep off the end of her fingers out of bounds. Perth ball on the backcourt. Morgan will inbound. Taylor Roberts is sitting down. Well earned. <laughs> She's had a big game. 16 points. She'll go across and uh, say thanks for all the extra minutes to Nadine Payne. Nadine, a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> Mercer has it in the front court for Perth. On the left wing. To Morgan underneath the basket. Turnaround jumper along the baseline. Horton. The reach in underneath. Only her third person. Only third team foul third on Horton for the game but it is a shooting foul though that will put Morgan at the line she hasn't scored so far tonight so this is her opportunity to get on the board with the first free throw misses the second sums up tonight yep Sheedy with the defensive rebound off to Madgen who gets away from Marsh and dribbles into the front court Horton in the left corner goes cross court towards Seacamp on the right and oh. well Norwood reaches in and knocks it away she's, she's got a, a big smile on her face the referee says uh, <laughs> Seacamp somehow touched that well she almost comes up with a steal at half court Seacamp uh, can't believe she uh, touched it <laughs> Mercer inbounds the Marsh in the right corner 
Off the Norwood, top of the key, left side is Morgan. Finds Boyanich, steps back. Three from Boyanich, won't go for it, but inside Norwood with the offensive board, and she'll just stick it back in. 82 61, minute 10 left here. Madgen off to Mitchovic, cross court. Horton back to Madgen, driving inside. Lap won't go for a stick back in from Sheedy. Yep, Alex Sheedy. Her first points? Yep, first points here at home for the Institute of Sport. So, Marsh, we're inside the final minute now. 47, the team, the Institute are up. Fouled, and Tess Magan and, well, it's going to be time to sit the girls down, I think. Standing ovation, I think. Jill Horton, Tess Magan will sit down. Very emotional Tess Madgen as she comes off there. Their final play of the game and the Institute then off a missed shot from Perth will drive it back into the front court. It's Cole with the ball left side to Seacamp. Seacamp to Cole driving in, pass around the corner, Mitchell's left handed lap, won't go. Boyanich just keeps it alive to Norwood. 22 seconds for Perth. And can they get it into the front court? Marsh turns it over. She couldn't run that pass down. Institute have one last play. They can just hold on to it. Don't need to shoot. Somebody probably will. Into the corner. Cole back for Levy. Levy to Cole. Cole. Three from the right point go. And we've got a whistle. Yeah, tip of support. It's a bit of an anti-climax. And Perth will have uh, the last possession of 2.1 seconds. Nadine Payne's looking anxious on the sideline. They want to celebrate. (laughs) It's all over. (laughs) Perth won't do anything with it. And the Institute win by 23 points. 84 to 61. It's celebration time. Looks like a oh, grand Nadine, final victory. Nadine, let's get out of there. Yeah, save your ankle. Nick, yeah. <laughs> your future, Nadine. Them boys in there. <laughs> well, a fantastic result and a long time between drinks for these two. But their final game of the season here of the 2009-2010 WNBL season, the Institute have come up big, 84 to 61 over the Perth Lynx. And they're celebrating at Centre Court. They're still out there. And uh, now they're shaking hands uh, with the Perth Lynx players who've come out to congratulate them. And now they go back to Phil Brown and say, uh, thanks, coach. <laughs> well, There's some emotion there, and rightly so. It's only a matter of time before Coach Brown took the helm again that this program had turned into uh, one that would be winning games again. You've got to always keep in mind that this is a development program. We've talked about how many 16-year-olds there are in this program, and you know, traditionally they're not supposed to win games, but um, they sure love it when they do. <laughs> Perhaps fittingly, also the championship win just over 10 years ago. Who'd they beat in that grand final? Perth. Uh, yep, yep. They broke their duck, which has gone for a couple of years. But congratulations to the Institute of Sport. Ah, Tess Madgen in the last game 23 points we think (laughs) 11 for Jill Horton in her last game for the Institute 
big players had big games thanks to Phil Brown. Fantastic game. Uh, really came together in the end. Yeah, look, it's great. You know, it's uh, you know, it's been you know, it's uh, I think the last two games I said in the pre-game opened the door a little bit. You know, I thought, oh, you know, I wouldn't have thought six, seven weeks ago, even four weeks ago, that we're we're going to challenge any team in the WNBL, and I think. You know, the last two results, said, oh, okay, maybe that door's a slightly ajar here, and credit to the girls, we just, you know, third term, just went out, stuck a big leg straight into that door and opened it wide open, and great credit, because they've been training hard, and they've been working hard, and they're great kids, and, and it's great, you know, ticket to get one for Tess Madden and Jill Horton, who, who are leaving us tomorrow, so, um, good. Congratulations, mate, it was great work. Thank you. Thanks very much to Coach Brown, who uh, he always does a tough interview. It's nice to do a good one. We'll just wait to see if we can see Gillian Horton here. Gillian, about a year or two years ago, you were sitting on the sideline commentating a game where Kate Gaze and Steph Cumming had their last game and they finally got the win. Two years later, you get yours. Yeah, yeah, finally. Um, it feels really good. It was a special night, but you and uh, Tess just had a huge game. I'll be back. As they uh, get a team photo now. We'll, uh <laughs> yep, the, uh, the girls are going over some, yeah, uh, some celebration photos. Finally get that win you were preparing for it the whole week, and I think we finally found our seats towards the last three games. Actually, we started in Bendigo and then Logan, and, and now we just—I mean, the girls are fantastic. It's a great send-off to Jill and Tess, and Little as well. Who um, it's not leaving since July, but she's—you know—credit to her for sticking out as well. You said to me before the game, you were so disappointed at the end of the season. Now with a win, it's even more disappointing. I know. I mean, I'm Jill and Tess are just amazing people. I'm pretty close to them, so I'm sure they'll be a few years later. But I'm just so happy that they won. It's awesome. Well, it's uh, good memories coming back to the Chiefs for you. Thank you very much. As, uh, well, uh, we'll try and get uh, Tess before we go over to... Uh, we'll get Tess on the uh, cool down here. Tess, congratulations. Uh, you've worked so hard. You've got that win now. Yeah, thank you. It was bloody awesome. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an amazing experience, the Chiefs. Can you talk us through your feelings? Oh, I'm pretty upset. <laughs> I'll let you go back to the stand, but congratulations. It was great to see you win, and you just were shooting out of your skin. <laughs> Thank you. That time, thanks. Yes, great to see you. Look forward to seeing you back here at the Chiefs. And uh, we will head over to Perth. Two years in the making, that, uh, that win for Tess Madden. She's very emotional, as you'd expect, and... Uh, <coughs> yeah, great. Yeah, I'm great. here, and uh, glad... Uh, it was just a, a night where the AIS just started shooting and shooting and shooting and you guys just weren't able to react? Yeah, no, um, it's, it's hard work when you've got to keep inbounding the ball and then you turn the ball over in your own, your own offensive set. So, uh, we'll pull credit to the AIS. They, uh, you know, they shot the lights up. So it's you know, mine from 14 from three-point land. You know, that's unheard of. Uh, well done to them and no our girls. You know? Yeah, disappointing. The good news for you guys is it's not the last game of the year. You get to get out on the floor before the end on Sunday and uh, right a few of those wrongs. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, when you come off a, a loss like this one tonight, you, you really got to try and strive to look for some positives. And, you know, you're right. We, we get a chance to, irrespective of the result tomorrow, obviously we'll try and go for the win, but uh, we've got to be we've got to be able to sit proud at the end of the game tomorrow night and be proud of our performance.
Um, and if we can do that, win or lose, uh, obviously preferably win, um, you know, that would be a much, much sweeter taste in, in the season. Well, we've loved seeing you here the last two weeks. We hope we see you back here next season. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's hope so, let's hope so. Thanks very much, Lee. Here's uh, Craig there talking with the with Alava, the coach of the Perth Lynx, and uh, no doubt disappointed. But they do have another game tomorrow against or this weekend against Sydney. Yeah, his old club where he was assistant coach for a lot of years. And yeah, difficult circumstances for Vlad. The, uh, the the decision around who's going to be coaching at Perth hasn't been made yet. So yeah, we've, we've seen that with a couple of a couple of clubs. Who's, this season, the, the off-court stuff has a, a massive effect, I think, on the on the girls and on how they play. Um, we've seen Dandenong switch coaches halfway through the season, and then before the season's over, a new coaching staff named for next season. I mean, that that you know that that really affects the, any kind of chemistry and, and I guess confidence in the girls that they've got to you know that, is this team going to be together next season? Are they going to be playing well? And, I, I think uh, you know you can't underestimate the, how insidious that is, and how, how it just eats into their uh, their confidence and stuff. And, and you saw that in Perth tonight. You saw as soon as it got difficult, Institute were out by five and then eight, and then they gave up. They really just stopped playing. We didn't see Kate Malpass come back on. Um, you know, the, the uh, mentally they just shut down. They just said game's over. So. Um, Let's hope they can organise themselves off the court, and because uh, there's some great players, you know, we're looking at the stats here. Um, Samantha Norwood was great; she was rock solid for them all night. Uh, Danielle Campbell struggled a little offensively, but still came around with nine points, eleven rebounds. And uh, Rebecca Mercer, sixteen points off six of thirteen got shooting. Not great shooting, but uh, you she got Craig talking. Got Taylor uh, Roberts here. What a great game! And uh, they really, they really put the pressure on you with uh, Nadine going down early in that they game. Did, they did, but it was such a great game. The best experience, seriously. You came into this program, and uh, you were one of the ones that got through Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> All these new girls around you, and it's really coming together. You, oh, you must be looking forward to. Uh, oh, um. So looking forward to next season. We have a great group of girls and look out, you don't know what's coming for you. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you back here next year. Thank you. Thanks very much to uh, Taylor Roberts. As uh, as you can expect, she just played a wow of a game and got to have a break with, what, three, four minutes to go. Yes. Such was the way the uh, AOs were dominating. She's an opal in the making there for sure. She's going to have a, she has a very, very bright future. You know, we've gone on and on about it, but the poise and maturity she showed, uh, you know, to be a post player and in that that physical environment at 16, yeah, that's it's very very rare to see a, a player, boy or girl, at that age, deal with that kind of physicality and still have the poise to be able to play well and just sort of take it on the chin, not get upset about it, and yeah, big things for her in the coming years. I can tell you over there in up there in Queensland. Logan 30, Spirit 22, but I don't want to really take anything away from this AOS <laughs> We live for these AOS wins here at Sport Radio. It's been a long time, two years. So. <laughs> like I said, Gillian Horton was commentating with me. Yeah. And Dan, you know, when they beat Dan you know, on that time, and, and uh, of course Katie Gaze and, and that was the Dan end of the season game too. It was the last game of the season. Yep. Uh, they were on the floor as the uh, Hooter went, and uh, Gillian Horton said to me, "I just can't imagine what that feels like." And tonight she got to feel. Had to wait two. Two, almost two whole seasons, but uh, she got there in the end, which is fantastic. 
Indeed she did. 84-61, incredible, great win. 23 points, Tess Madgen in her last game. And 11 for Jill Horton in her last game. Taylor Roberts, 16, the other high score. The other player in double figures was uh, Gretel Tippett, who uh, kind of got it all started very early in that first quarter. She got them going, scored the first six points of the game, and uh, played big for the rest of the game as well. But uh, She's going to be that kind of player that... Um even when she doesn't get a lot of scoring or a lot of rebounding possession, she's she's so physical and so athletic that she just commands defense. Like if she's out on the floor, teams will worry. Teams will play hard on her. They'll be, you know, even if she doesn't even get the stuff done on the in the stats, she's going to be a, a painful defensive assignment for any team. You know, your Pauline's, Canberra's, and Sydney, they're going to have to work hard to uh, to try to take her out of the game because she's going to get better and better as well. She is Samantha Nall with uh, 16 points and Rebecca Mercer, 16 leading scorers for the Perth Lynx tonight. The only ones in double figures on the scoring board. Quite simply, a brilliant night for the Institute of Sports, Simon. Absolutely. We're going to, uh, it's the, the final week of uh, the regular season and of course the big news for, well, for us now, the AIS season is over, we'll be... Uh, sitting at home tomorrow watching the ABC game of the week which will be Bulling at home to Canberra it's going to be an interesting game 1 o'clock on the ABC uh, Bulling are not playing it at the Benito Club they've moved the moved stadiums to try to get a bigger crowd around the Jackson factor so in, a, in effect they've handed away home court advantage we'll, uh, we'll wait till tomorrow's game to see that's going to be a great matchup everyone's talking about Cambridge versus Jackson but um you know, Cambridge is great, but she's 18. Lauren Jackson is the best player in the world. I think Jackson's going to win that contest. The big, the big challenge in that game is going to be, I think, your, your Jenna O'Hay and uh, Elise Penaluna versus uh, Abby Bishop and Tolo. That I think there, that that four, those four matchups there are going to what uh, will be the result of that game tomorrow. That's of course is the game tomorrow. So at the AIS Training Hall, the Institute of Sport ended their season in glory, 84-61 over the Perth Lynx. On behalf of Simon Peters and Craig Ravel, I'm Mark Aston, saying a very good night.